And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. As a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Raptors fans, Raptors fans, Raptors fans. I know, I know, that was a tough one. That definitely was a tough one. But this is why we're here. We're here to talk you through this because this is going to be, there's going to be a lot of nights like this. Good job, good effort nights for the Toronto Raptors, but you want to see the fight. And that's what we saw in this game as the Raptors fall to DeMar DeRozan and company 111-108. As mentioned, this is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps post-game show. We do this live after each and every Toronto Raptors game. So join us if you want to join in the conversation because we're about taking your comments and questions. You can find us on YouTube. You can hit us up live there in the chat. Chat's always going. People are always fired up. It's filling up right now because people... There's a lot to say after that game. Lots went on. It was such a crazy game. But you can find us on YouTube. As mentioned, just search Sheldon Alexander. That's the channel that you can find us on YouTube. Or if you're more of a Twitch person, we got you there as well. If you go on to Twitch, just search On Blast Podcast. You can find us there. We got a bunch of on blast content though. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Shell Alexander. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can do that at Sheldon Alexander. There's just lots of places where I want to hear from you guys and hear what you want to, what you got to say, especially after a game like that where there's a little bit of everything and there's so many talking points. And this is why it's important that we we kind of have a place where we can congregate and discuss exactly what is going on after each and every Toronto Raptors game. So let's do that. Let's do that. The chat is really filling up. So again, if you want to really get in on this conversation, you can do so on the YouTube page. Great conversation going on there. And if you are there, while you're there, bless us with a like. That's how you support the pod. We appreciate that. I guess I should put the uh, on the YouTube page, or sorry, if you're watching this on Instagram, I will put the link in bio there, and that way you can get to the Instagram page, or sorry, the YouTube page, and get your comments and questions in, because that's what we want to do here. We want to hear from you always. That's what this pod is about, being live and interactive, and I know it was tough. I want to know a couple questions right off the front end, Raptors fans. How do you feel watching DeMar? What I mean is, you know, obviously DeMar DeRozan will always have a place in a lot of, in the hearts of a lot of Raptors fans. But with that said, watching him cook, and I mean like he was getting busy late, right? Like he was, he was doing a little bit of everything late. I mean, also just doing what most Raptors fans remember him doing when he was on the Raptors. And that's just, you know, late game, ISO, mid-range killer. 
I know for some Raptors fans, it's got to be tough to watch, right? But the way we try to discuss this season, as I've been saying all season long, is if you're a Raptors fan, you just got to look for the positives. And to me, and to me, the positive in this game, and I know this sounds like a moral victory, but let's be honest, that's what a lot of this is going to be. But a big, big thing for me in watching this Raptors team in this game, there's no quit. It would have been easy to roll over in a game that you're down 20. It would have been very easy to do that, actually. And instead, you had this team just turn up the defense and keep, keep, keep trying to make a comeback. Led by Fred Van Fleet, who put up a crazy, crazy stat line and... 15 points, 17 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 steals for Freddie. And I always talk about how, you know, Freddie's one of those guys where the stat sheet doesn't always tell the full story. And in this game especially, I felt like he did everything for the Raps that there's no way the stat sheet would be able to tell you enough because the way that he just took command of this game for the Toronto Raptors, especially on offense where he was leading everything. And whether it was driving to the basket and creating for people, whether it was just getting to the basket for himself, but also just playing with pace and the way the Raps were able to do that and get back in this game, because, you know, some people might watch and wonder, you know, why can't they play like that the whole game? Why wait until you're down 20 to turn up the defense and come back? And the reality of that is you're relying a lot we're expecting a lot from very few guys, right? Like Freddie, OG, uh, Gary Trent Jr., Precious. Like you're leaning on those guys, Scotty Barnes. You're you're leaning on those guys a lot, right? No one on your bench plays over 20 minutes, right? So that means heavy minutes for your starters, and those guys gotta kind of pace themselves. Like it's hard to play that many minutes, right? and play the level of defense that the Raptors need to play to be successful. Like, they need to play high-pressure defense, force turnovers, and get easy baskets on the other end because we see it continuously when things settle down for them in the half court. They kind of struggle. And in this game, you know, if not for Freddie being able to just take over and, and turn into, you know, I don't know how to describe it, get his CP3 on, for lack of a better term. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess they end up just getting straight blown out. And the Bulls on the flip side, I mean, the Bulls 4-0 for the first time since the 96-97 season. And it's I was interested in seeing the Bulls, this Bulls team. Because I was wondering how all the pieces were going to fit. Obviously, we know DeMar and we know what he's capable of. But how would that fit alongside Zach Levine, who kind of had his coming out party last season, where you saw him really develop and develop his game on both ends of the floor, I want to say, and become a leader and become a little bit more than just a guy putting up stats on a bad team. But you see what DeRozan's brought to the squad. Lonzo Ball had five threes in this game for... I was about to say the Lakers, wow. Um, for the Bulls, Lonzo had 15 in this game, but also five threes, as mentioned. Uh, you look around, and Vucevic, he's okay in the middle. He's doing what we were used to seeing Vucevic do, 17-8. and eight. You'll take that if you're, if you're the Bulls, right? 
But the way that this team was put together, and a lot of people were questioning some of the moves and bringing in DeMar DeRozan. But I think in this game, you kind of saw exactly why they brought in DeMar DeRozan. Because I say this all the time, and people knock me for it, but you need grown-ups. If you're going to be a good team that wins in the NBA, you need grown-ups. And it's funny looking at the Raptors, and then you look at the Bulls, and it's weird because I'm saying this about DeMar DeRozan, who obviously used to play for the Raptors, but when the Raps needed a bucket, because there is a wild there in that fourth quarter especially, where the Bulls were struggling. In that fourth quarter, they started off one of six in the fourth quarter, and while the Raps were making this run, the Raps were able, they went from down 20 and cut it all the way down to four, right? 13 to two run the Raps were on at one point, and right when that happened, right when you you need a bucket, the Bulls were able to turn to DeMar, and DeMar silenced the run. That's what NBA basketball is. Sometimes we overcomplicate it. Sometimes we make it, you know, we talk about all these stats, and we talk about all these different things, and, you know, keep the game close, and at the end of the game, it's my best player versus your best player. And as much as people knock the DeMar mid-range, and he can't shoot threes, and he can't do this, and he can't do that, what he can do <laughs> is beat you off the dribble and hit a mid-range jumper. And he's improved a lot in doing that. And we know as Raptors fans, we've seen him do that in the regular season a lot. So it's not really a surprise to see him do it now. I mean, he looked so comfortable doing that at Scotiabank. And, you know, I was I was very interested to see how this Bulls team, you know, works. And it seems to be a pretty good fit. It really does. It's an interesting team. I mean, they got to tighten up some things late, but it's an interesting team. Very interesting. And again, they're 4-0. The Raptors on the flip side, as they fall to 1-3 and now, and, you know, they've lost all three of their home games so far, which we talked about it from the outset of the season. If you're going to be, if you're the Raps, and you know that you're going to have a very tough season, you got to take care of business at home. And they've gotten off to a really rough start at home. But in this game, I feel like, you know, at least they came on strong and showed more of the identity of the kind of team that they're going to be, which is very important. You know, we talk about whatever sport it is, what kind of team are you going to be? And this Raptors squad, uh, I think Kayla said it during the game. She said she overheard. I guess during halftime or on the way to halftime, Zach Levine say that these these dudes are, are super long or athletic or whatever, right? But we're getting this theme. We're hearing it a lot, whether it was Jason Kidd after the Mavs game. Like, this Raptors team will be hell to play against because of the length that they're able to throw at you, the different lineups. Heck, to start this game, Scotty Barnes is out here, right, guarding Lonzo. And the things that they're just able to do, and this is without Siakam. So, you know, there's a lot of interesting parts here. There's a lot of interesting pieces. Nick Nurse is obviously still rolling out minutes for Dragic and Shvi. You know, Delano came in and gave some pretty solid minutes, you know, just some energy off the bench. So I'm super interested in this Raptors team, just watching them as we've been talking about for the development. What are the good signs that you're seeing? And, I mean, early, if we go through the game quickly, what we'll try to do here, I'll go through the game quickly, kind of give my thoughts along the way, and then I'll get to the comments in the chat. So if you want to, 
Again, contribute, discuss, head to the YouTube page, just search Sheldon Alexander or search Wrap It Up, and you'll be able to see the live stream going, get in the chat, join in the conversation there, and I will do my best to answer said questions, tell me how you feel about the team, tell me how you feel about Damar, and all that fun stuff. We'll get to that momentarily, because that's a huge part of the show. But first, in that first quarter, the thing that was really funny to me was Damar getting Scotty to bite on the pump fake. And then was it Shvi after that he got to bite on the pump fake? And it's like, ah, not familiar with that era of Raptors ball. Eh? <laughs> the Damar pump fake still out here doing it. But that's what happens, right? You're Once you get your move, your go-to move, can you stop it? And Damar's still out here making it work. Got to give him a little bit of credit for that, for sure. But Lonzo came out gunning for the Bulls. He was hitting some big-time shots. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., keeping it close for the Raps early. DeMar had 11 of the Bulls' first 24 points. You could tell he was a little juiced up to be back in Toronto and, and playing against his squad again, right? But the game was tied at 24 after the first quarter. Um, second quarter, Chris Boucher has been a talking point amongst Raptors fans because I mean he struggled so far to start this season he came in this game he hit a three early which was a good sight um, still didn't really play that well and you know when I'm watching those Boucher minutes at the four it still seems just awkward like he's got to get used to it and I say that because you know I feel like you look at a, a lot of the Raptors sets and there's moments where guys look like they're they're out of it like they're they're not running the the right plays, they're in the wrong spot. They're just kind of out there. And Boucher falls into that a little. He, like he doesn't really know where to go in certain instances. And Nurse isn't going to give you a lot of minutes if you don't know where to go on the court. And so Boucher still kind of got a look to be that Chris Boucher that everyone fell in love with last season where it was all energy all the time. He's getting on the glass, he's, you know, running the floor. He's being a presence on the defensive end. All of those things, right? Remember how many of his points would just come off of energy and hustle? He's got to get back to that. But, I mean, the other part of this Raptors start to the game was they were missing a lot of chippies. A lot of chippies. And just right at the basket, it was just weird to see. But the Raps were, I think the stat at halftime was they were 8 for 20 in the paint in that first half. and you know, 10 turnovers. The Bulls were obviously turning them over and, and getting busy going the other way. Bulls were up by 10 as they closed out that first half on a 7-0 run. At the half, Gary Trent led the way with 12 points. OG with 10. Lonzo and Vucevic had 12 for the Bulls. DeMar, as mentioned, had 11. And the one thing that's interesting, and I was just talking about Chris Boucher and what he needs to do, right? He needs to take pieces out of Precious, the book of Precious Achua. Because Precious started this game two for nine, right? Very ugly. Not good at all. But he kept going. He kept staying on the glass. He kept being active and finishes with, I'm pretty sure it's his third straight double-double. He's finished with 11 and 11 in this game. And we talk about it all the time going back to the championship year for the Raps and even just the, the year when you go back to the bench mob and just the years of Raptors success. And they built this team on a bunch of guys who are able to contribute in multiple ways. If your shot's not falling, can you do something else to contribute? And Precious found a way to do that. 
you know, it wasn't ugly. It wasn't pretty. It really wasn't. But he found a way to contribute. As mentioned, Raps were down by as many as 20 points in this game. Nurse calls a timeout. The Raps come back out. 7-0 run. And they just kept kind of hanging around, hanging around. And then they'd ratchet up the defense. Um, Zach Levine in that third quarter was on fuego. He kind of kept the Bulls afloat while everyone else was kind of struggling. And then I'm going to give mad props to Freddie. Because Fred Van Fleet was just doing a little bit of everything. And controlling the tempo. I mean, once you have 14 assists and it's like middle of the third quarter, it's like, you know, you just got to give my guy credit. Because everything was going through him. And the other part is, you know, Freddie's also busting it on the defensive end. So you give him a lot credit, a lot of credit for just the work that he's putting in in terms of leading the offense and then also playing solid defense on the other end. Finding a way to get his two steals and six rebounds, as well as just leading the entire offense. Like that, that's just, you know, when you're at your assist numbers are that high, right? And you look at it, and the Raptors had what 40, 40 field goals in this game. Fred Van Fleet had 17 assists, so he almost assisted on half of their field goals. Like, that's an insane stat. So, huge credit to Fred Van Fleet, because I just think, you know, people talk about Freddie a lot, and they look, they look, I think, way too much at his stats. And, you know, when he has poor shooting nights, people like to bring that up a lot. But I feel like Freddie is out here trying to do, trying to just get to winning basketball. That's all Freddie's trying to do. And he knows that he needs to be, he needs to lead the offense. He needs to get somewhere around 20 points each and every night if this team is going to win. And sometimes the shooting numbers might not be that good, but that's just what he has to do with the way that this team is currently put together, and especially without Siakam. But the big difference in this game were the turnovers. Raps, 14 turnovers at one point, which led to 21 points for the Bulls. And that was a difference, especially as you look at the end of the third quarter. Raptors were down 92-80. to 80, And the Bulls were plus 17 in terms of points off turnovers. Plus 17. As mentioned, Zach Levine had a huge third quarter. And, you know, at that point, you're, you're in the mix. You're only down 12. You still have a chance. And this is where we talk about what a lot of this season is unfortunately going to be, right? You want to see no quit from this squad. You want to see continued effort from the squad. You want to see the fact that, hey, you're down 20, things aren't going well, but what do you do? Do you hang your head or do you continue to play hard? And hey, in a season that will be a tough one for the Raps, you saw them continue to fight and come back and make this into a game. One thing I found very interesting is Scotty Barnes. I feel like there's so many moments where I see him get the ball and it seems to be like he scores very easily. Like he gets to the bucket and makes it look pretty easy. And it makes me wonder if sometimes he shouldn't do that more often. And, you know, it's within the flow of the offense. Sometimes he'll get it late in the shot clock, but it just seems super efficient and seems super easy. Whether he gets in the post, whether he's using a screen, I mean... Once he gets in the lane with those long strides, he's getting to the basket and finishing at the rim fairly easy. And in this game, you look up 13 points on six of eight shooting. That's high efficiency. Now, the struggle here 
six turnovers. And there was one that was really, really bad that hurt the Raps in a, in a really bad way where they're on the run, they're coming back, you know, they're, they're, the Bulls are reeling. Caruso almost forgot how to dribble for a minute there. Like, it, it wasn't looking good. Raps are on their way. They're coming back. 10-2 run after a precious layup, which probably should have been an and one. Raps are looking for a lot more and one calls and they didn't get, which, you know, here and there, I could, I could buy into those arguments for sure. OG hit a three to make it a 13-2 run. Cut the game down to four. OG with a steal. Tough lefty lay-in for OG two-point gain, and then as mentioned, Raptors are familiar with this script, DeMar DeRozan, mid-range buckets, and at that point, you know, you're, you're in between the two-possession game, DeMar gets a mid-range bucket to go, Scotty with a bad turnover on the other end, and you know, it's growing pains, right, like that's a rook trying to make a play, right? It's a rookie. He's trying to make a play late in the game and it's okay. You understand that. You like the fact that he was being aggressive. You like the fact that he was trying to do something late. He wasn't just looking to, you know, pass the ball off or, or stand in the corner or anything. So you live with that, right? The rook's going to make mistakes. That's just how this kind of works. Uh, Freddie, Freddie still wanted more because he really tried to will the Raptors back. And he was driving in the lane, finishing with tough lay-ins. He was, you know, hitting threes. Um, it was just a really, really good game from Fred Van Vliet. Like, he wanted this game. He wasn't just going to let the Raps lose. And you got to give him credit for the fact that he kept coming. He kept trying to make this work. And, you know, it didn't work out for them. It was a tough play, and and even if we break down, because let's get into the, the late, late, late game situations, because, you know, the Raps were down four, and the Bulls are having just trouble doing anything. They couldn't get the ball over half court. They were turning over, turning it over all the time. They couldn't get into their offense. Anyone not named DeRozan just looked like they forgot how to play basketball late, and then your man's Billy Donovan, and I always shout one of my boys, Foots, who's always always been on Billy Donovan for being just a terrible coach. And with the Bulls up four, and they have the ball, and there's under a minute left, like you should easily win this game. But the Bulls couldn't get the inbounds in. They inbound it once, Levine takes two dribbles and then kills his dribble, and they force to call another timeout. And then they're basically at half court, and they run this play that I swear I ran at Northern Secondary School here in Toronto when I was in grade 10. This play drawn up by Mr. Lilico. And I say that to say, how are you in the NBA? And I'm looking at these basic plays, <laughs> inbounds plays, and of course the Raptors were able to stop it. Like they had everyone in, in a box, essentially, and the two guys closest to the baseline where the inbounder was, they ran to set the screen, <laughs> to the guys furthest away and then those guys ran towards the ball and it's like that's a legit high school or middle school inbounds play that's not gonna work in the nba and you know what it didn't work in the nba as the raps force a turnover scotty barnes got the ball dunks it and cut the lead to two and at that point it's just becomes you know what you do with your timeouts how what you do with your free throws and it was very interesting to me what happened late in that game as, you know, Vucevic is going down the other end. Dragic tries to make the steal. 
Ball goes out of bounds. Now, I know this is a quick decision that Nick Nurse has to make, and it's close. But somebody on the bench's job has to be to, to make those calls on the reviews. Somebody's, like, it has to be somebody's job, right? Like, that's my assumption. So in that moment, Nick Nurse is, obviously, my assumption is he's turning around to see if someone is, whoever's watching, whoever's job that is, they look and they say, hey, we should challenge that. And there's seconds left in the game. So if you don't have the challenge, right? If you don't use the challenge, you lose it. So I understand the theory behind, hey, well, it's a close play. Let's just try it and see what happens. I get that. But it's your last timeout in a scenario where, you know, you might need that timeout if they miss a free throw. And I'm not even playing the hindsight game because I said it at the time, but Vucevic misses a free throw. They lose a challenge, right? Vucevic misses a free throw. And then some might argue, and hey, I'm totally open to being wrong. So people let me know what you guys think for sure. But nine seconds left, Freddie comes down the floor and, you know, they get the screen. Freddie gets a switch. He's on one-on-one on Vucevic, gets a pretty decent look and misses, right? So, I mean... It's tough to argue because obviously Freddie got a good look at the end of the game, but I just found it interesting, you know, and I'm not saying it would have turned out differently because maybe the Bulls, if they have a chance during the timeout to talk it over and it's a set play, the Bulls might be more likely to foul, right? And not even allow the three-point shot attempt. And maybe it's just a better way to get the shot attempt, you know, running the ball up the floor. I don't know. All of those things are possible, and I can understand both sides of it. But end of the day, Freddie's shot misses. Raptors lose 111 to 108. A good job, good effort comeback by the Toronto Raptors. But you know, another tough loss as they fall now, as mentioned, to one and three. The Bulls are four and zero to start the season. And again, Demar Derozan finishing this game with 26 points. 7 of 19 from the floor, 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Also give DeMar 6 assists, 4 rebounds. Solid outing for him. Uh, who else we got here? Zach Levine carried them in the middle. And I think the the part that's interesting about this Bulls team and how they fit, you just stagger the minutes during the middle of the game. So Zach Levine has enough time to get his buckets. DeMar has enough time to get his buckets at the end. Go to whoever's cooking, whoever's cooking more, whoever wants it more. It's interesting. I I wasn't sure that was going to be a thing, but we saw it. And hey, it seems to be working for the Bulls so far. On the Raptors side of things, Fred Van Fleet filling up the stat sheet as mentioned, 15 points, 17 assists, six rebounds, two steals. OG, I haven't really talked about OG much. I think OG had a really good game. You know, OG showed some flashes there where he had a really good game and, you know, hit the threes in rhythm. That one play where Freddie kind of, you know, it was a trailer three by OG. If they're doing that, I mean, that's a good look. That's adding just another another um, scoring threat to OG's game. I thought that looked really good. OG with four threes in this game. He was four of eight from deep. And as mentioned, 22 points, eight rebounds, five assists. I mean... Is there much more you can want or expect from OG Ananobi in that instance? Pretty solid, right? Kem Birch, I thought, gave solid minutes off the bench. 
He finished five of seven for 11 points off the bench. You know, the him and Achua tandem, I thought worked out pretty well. You know, that solid production from your bigs. Scotty Barnes mentioned that already. Another good night. Gary Trent Jr., he was cooking early. He had a really good night as well. 18 points for him, five rebounds, seven of 15 from the floor, four threes for him. It was it was an interesting night for a bunch of Toronto Raptors. And I think at the end of the day, you don't want to get into the moral victory game, but the reality of the season, they're a young squad. You're gonna have it's gonna take time for a young squad to learn how to win. And that's where this Raptors team is right now. And especially without Pascal Siakam, your margins are super slim at this point. So yes, Raptors lose this one. Let's get to some comments though, because as mentioned, if you want to join in the conversation, if you're watching this right now on Instagram, shout to my peeps in Instagram, Goody, what's up, Q, uh, Neil, I know you're probably sad from the Leafs loss tonight. Times are tough in Toronto right now, for sure. Um, but if you're in the Instagram feed, go to the link in bio. That'll take you to the YouTube feed. Once you go there, join in that chat there. I'm going to read a bunch of the comments. Also, you know, bless us with the like. To Shouts to my, my folks that are watching on the YouTube stream. And shouts to, you know, as we continue to build the Twitch stream as well. Shouts to my peoples on Twitch. Continue to build on that platform as well. We're building out here. We got lots going on on the feed. Lots going on on the On Blast podcast. I should mention that too. Wrap it up as a show. On Blast is a network. So if you're ever looking for wherever you listen to your podcast, you got to search On Blast podcast. That's where you find all the goodness we got cooking up on the channel. But in terms of this tonight and this Raptors game, let's go to the comments. And the first comment is just a sigh. <laughs> it says, rough edges, but nice fight at the end. Too many open threes given up. Looks like the Raps are still building chemistry on offense. Timing on the pick and rolls look congested. Uh, yes, totally. A lot of new pieces in there for the Raptors. There's no Siakam, which means you're going to make an adjustment now. And there's going to be another adjustment when Pascal comes back. Um... But you mentioned the pick and rolls and Freddie and Precious. It's going to take them a while. But when they build up that chemistry and running that pick and roll, it's going to be super interesting, man. It's going to look awesome because Precious, you know, we haven't seen it yet where Precious is just continuously diving off of the pick and rolls and just rolling hard to the basket, getting the lobs. You've seen Freddie try to throw it. Because essentially he can just run that pick and roll game where either you're forcing the defender to make a decision. If the defender comes out at him, he's going to toss the lob to Precious. If the defender sags, he's going to hit the floater. And it's just going to take them a little while to get the chemistry down. And we're not there yet, but it's just going to take time. It's just going to take time. Um, what else we got here? Mitchie says, growing pains. Mark B says the Raptors need Pascal. They do, but I do want to also like temper people's expectations. Like this isn't all of a sudden all going to flip when Pascal comes back, right? There's going to be some time for Pascal to get in and get adjusted. And then that team, even with Pascal, you know, I'm most interested to see how these pieces fit together and what that hierarchy ends up being. Who gets to shots when? Who's the one that's making the decisions down the stretch? Who 
Whose hands are you putting the ball into to make the plays? That's what I'm interested in seeing. Cole says, good game. Fred and Scotty combined for 14 turnovers, and we nearly go to OT. Yeah, I mean, it was a tough night, especially early. A lot of bad turnovers for the Raps. But, you know, you, you try to clean that up, especially you hope you clean that up in crunch time. And maybe, you know, you end up on the winning side of some of those plays. That's the hope. Um, Mark says, Pascal gives you a solid 15 plus points. For sure, they could definitely use that. And more Pascal means less minutes from whoever is coming off your bench and not giving you a lot. Because that is what what's happening now too, right? You've got guys coming off the bench probably playing a lot more minutes or you're depending on them a little too much. Also, there's going to be moments where right now your whole entire offense is being carried or you know being made by Freddie and is being made by OG. Pascal, when he comes back, obviously you alleviate some of that pressure off of those two guys. And it's someone else who can carry the offense for a little bit of a spurt. And maybe then you get a little bit more energy from OG and um, Pascal, or OG and Freddie. That's the hope, right? But let's continue with the comments here on the YouTube page, because that's like there's so many comments here, and I'm going to try to read them all. So appreciate all you guys that are always in the YouTube chat, keeping that going here. This is what this podcast is about, right? We're trying to be live and interactive and take your comments and questions and do this for the OG, the real head Raptor fans for sure. So as me said, not mad at the loss. It's all a process. Uh, Francis says, here for the good times and the bad. It's diehard fan talk right there, right? That's a real fan that remembers, you know, um, the early DeMar years. Like, it took a while to get here, right? It took a while for the Raps to to build up that team. Like, it's not like that Kyle and DeMar team was just legit right from the get-go, right? So take some time. Take some time for sure. Uh, Cole is saying that people are forgetting about how good Pascal actually is. That's real. Right, I think there's so much negativity surrounding Pascal because you know people put the max money label on Pascal and you know the high expectations of being the man, whatever that means, you know. And it's like, okay, cool. If you remove all those expectations off of him and you just talk about what he actually is and what he actually brings to the team, yeah, they could really use that right now. <laughs> right could definitely really use that right now uh more comments though a lot of trouble passing in the paint that's just chemistry stuff it's gonna take a while especially with big guys and freddie getting used to you know where's precious want the ball you know where does uh kem birch you know as he develops and gets more minutes boucher still needs to figure out his role in playing in the paint from the four spot instead of the five spot Right. All of that is still super interesting, but you got a bunch of guys, you know, where does Scotty like the ball? You know, all of those things. So the paint in the paint, sometimes it seems really awkward, but it'll get better. It'll get better. Jaden says, fair to say the defense brought us back 1000%. And the reality is it's always going to be like that. The way that this Raptors team is going to win, it's going to be on the defensive end. It's going to be getting turnovers and turning your defense into offense. That's just the reality of how it's going to be. And I think people, you know, they forget about that because they think that, 
you know, we focus so much just on the offensive end and who's getting the buckets and how that's going. But this comeback came from defense. Austin says, this isn't about W's. This isn't about W's or L's, but about how much we improve. Totally agree with that sentiment for sure. That's what this season's going to be. You want to see development from your guys. And you're seeing it. I think so anyways. Glow Girl Smile says, Raps fought back to have a winning chance against a fortified Bulls team. True, the Bulls have actual expectations. They could be a team that's middle of the pack in that Eastern Conference. And so to put up a good fight against them and they're obviously off to a great start this season. You take that. You take that. Catherine says, not mad. We lost. I like that. We fought back and almost tied the game. Too many turnovers, fun game to watch. Agreed that down the stretch. That was a really fun game to watch, right? Down the stretch. That was a really, really fun game. The Raps were hitting shots. OG was, was in there. Freddie was in there making plays. Their defense was really, like, their defense really turned into their best offense late. And I thought that was really cool. Tammy says, I saw some positive. It's going to be a ride. And that's what I'm here for. Right? Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the development of your young players. Enjoy the development of OG as he becomes the next, you know, you expect him to, to make, I don't want to say the leap, because that's what everyone keeps talking about all the time. And it's like, you just want to see improvements. More comments. Am I the only one who is finding Dragic to be ineffective? He should facilitate more. Freddie, on the other hand, with a career high in assists, doing what a point guard should do. Uh, Dragic, it's tough, right? Um, I know that Dragic is kind of, he didn't really do a good job of of coming into this team and, you know, ingratiating himself or implementing himself into the fan base or to the fan base, I should say. Um, and that really affected people's viewpoints on him. So if he didn't come out and just put in mega work, people were going to turn on him quickly. And he hasn't really played that well. But I'm going to give the reminder, right? They're just trying to play him now. Because you want to showcase him. You want to be able to showcase him and maybe get an asset for him. If Dragic is just on your bench, that doesn't help the team down the stretch. You need him to play to try to show him off and maybe you can get an asset back for him in a potential trade somewhere down the line. That's the hope. And, you know, there's going to be time to let Delano learn and get some minutes. There's going to be time for Malachi to learn and get some minutes. It's a long season. It's a very long season. And I I doubt that Dragic is going to be around for the entire season. I doubt that. Francis says, regular season DeMar has always been clutch. It's the playoffs that really has been the question for him. Interesting. Uh, I can't really disagree. Uh, someone says, what else we got here? I'm skipping ahead. I think the rap should go into full development mode and let the young guys play heavy minutes. Uh, I bet you that will happen at some point. I just think it's too tough to do this early in the season. It's going to happen, but you can't do this. You can't do it this early in the season. It's going to take some time and you want to, you know, let those guys practice and learn more in practice and figure stuff out in practice and get solid minutes in practice, learn the plays, learn the sets, you know, 
you got to remember a lot of this culture that the Raptors have built. It's also a teaching culture. They've developed a lot of guys through teaching and that's been big. So, you know, the fact that a lot of these guys aren't playing doesn't mean that they're not developing. Doesn't mean that, you know, they're taking some of the skills that they have and figuring out, okay, well, what do we need to work on before we unleash this into a game? And that's super important. So, I think, you know, Nurse, they know what they're doing. We've seen the development. We've seen it. What else do we got? <laughs> Austin says, Banton's been playing those Jody Meeks minutes. It's a solid reference. That's that's a great tweet right there. It's a great comment, I should say. Bob Charlie says, is there a reason why no one is talking about the terrible challenge Nurse did to strip them of that last time out? Uh, yeah, we talked about that earlier. I can't. I found it odd for sure, but I understand the other side of it. I'm interested to hear what uh, they, if he's asked about it in the post game, but the explanation, I think it makes sense. Uh, what else we got? I think Banton has a big impact when he's on the court. It's no coincidence. It's no coincidence a rap started clawing back when he was playing. Yeah. And you just keep, you know, Bringing him along slowly. Bringing him along slowly. If you remember, maybe this is a good example. Remember last season when Chris Boucher started playing a little bit and then he was playing better and then everyone's like, why doesn't he start? Why doesn't he start? And Nurse kept kind of like giving him a little bit more minutes, a little bit more burn. And he kept improving. You're keeping the young buck hungry. You're keeping them focused. You're giving them minutes where they're not going to be tired, meaning you have no excuse not to play hard defense, go hard for extra rebounds, hustle, all that fun stuff. So bringing them along slowly, not mad at that. Not mad at that at all. Uh, talk about Nurse calling out Boucher. He needs to focus on the defensive end and not take low percentage shots. Definitely agree with that. Someone's asking, imagine swinging a deal for Simmons, <laughs> Dragic and Pascal for Simmons. <laughs> I don't know if Raptors fans want Simmons. I mean, I don't think so. I think that'd be very tough. Can't really, yeah. Can't really say I'm on the Ben Simmons trade right now. That's a whole other story for another day, for sure. Um, what else we got? We built this team around... We need to build this team around Scotty if he keeps improving like this. I'm super excited watching Scotty on a nightly basis because I just feel like Scotty Barnes is at a point right now where he, when he does get the ball and he decides, okay, I'm going to go, it just looks really good. So I'm interested to see more of that. But again, bringing him along slowly, not mad. Uh, Blackhawk says... Let's give Freddie his props for his double-double. His assists were crazy tonight. Who would guess that he could share the ball so much? I don't know if that's a backhanded compliment at Freddie there, but not mad at Freddie at all. Another comment. Scotty will be special. He just needs a couple years to develop his shot, ball handling, and experience. Yeah, I totally agree with that, and you can see the signs there. You can see the flashes there from Scotty. I think that's really key, and, and that's really cool to see for sure. Uh, where else are we going here? More comments. There's so many comments. I'm going to read them all because I give you guys a lot of credit for being here. I appreciate y'all rocking with us here when we do this pod. So got to keep going here with the comments. 
Uh, Banton should take some Boucher minutes. Boucher is focused on getting his next contract. <laughs> wow. It's a Boucher slander. I mean, yeah, Nurse Nurse is going to take care of Boucher. We know that. We know that already. Fly Miss says, honestly, I liked how Freddie was able to get that last shot off. Yeah, I know it didn't go in, but he shook the defense off to get his space. No timeout. Still got it off in time. I liked it. To be honest, it was a better shot than I thought it would have been. Like, I thought it was a really good shot. I really did. Give him a lot of credit for that. Um, I don't understand why Vucevic was getting the ball in the backcourt. Yeah, the Bulls' game plan late was just horrible. I don't know what their game plan was. Aisha says, just got back from the game. Last two minutes were... Were... I don't know what that says. Something feelings. Precious needs to learn how to finish at the rim. Totally agree. Uh, Glow Girl Smile says, after not having games in Toronto for a while, it's so frustrating to not get a win at home. The win will come, and the fans will be fired up. They will. It will happen. It will happen. Uh, here's a comment here. Bulls got so many options. DeRozan and Levine both know how to carry a team. Plus, add Zoe, Caruso, Vooch. Is Kobe White still there? Yeah, I feel like Kobe White's hurt. Or maybe he's not playing. But yeah, I didn't see him play at all in this game. Uh, people expecting Siakam to make a big difference when he's back. I'm not sure. I'm not saying that Siakam isn't going to make an, a huge impact when he comes back. I'm just saying, you know, we should temper expectations in terms of thinking that Siakam comes back and he fixes everything. I don't know if that's the, that's what's going to happen. And I think if people are banking on that, kind of got to readjust your expectations. Will they improve when Siakam comes back? Of course. Will they win more games when Siakam comes back? Of course. Could they have won a couple of these games that they lost early on in the season if Siakam played? Probably. So I get it. I get it. I get it. Totally. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Tammy says, nope. What do we got? Once Siakam is back, we'll be okay. OG is improved, but we still need a shot creator. Once Siakam gets going, OG can slide to the second option. Fred, obviously, and Scotty would be so deadly. Yeah, I mean, someone's asking, where's Decker? <laughs> I mean, if that's what we're really doing here, if that's what we're really doing here, asking for Sam Decker, I think that seems like a pretty good place to wrap up this podcast. <laughs> Once we get to the Sam Decker comments, woo! But again, the Toronto Raptors in a tough one. Raptors fall in this game as, unfortunately, the comeback fell short. Raptors lose 111 to 108 as they're unable to complete the fourth quarter comeback, but still put up a lot, a big fight. As mentioned, DeMar DeRozan getting it done for the Chicago Bulls in the familiar confines for Debo. Debo finishing this game as he was just cooking late. That mid-range game was on fire, and this time, Raptors fans, it wasn't for y'all. But DeMar finishes with 26 points on 7 of 19 shooting. Got to the free throw line, 10 of 10 from there. Six assists, four rebounds for DeMar. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he likes playing in Toronto. On the flip side, as mentioned, the Raptors were down big. But Fred Van Fleet left it all out there on the court. As Freddie finished his game with 15 points, 17 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 steals. 
and he had a chance at the end of the game to tie it. And he just missed the three-pointer at the buzzer. Good job, good effort for the Raptors, but they fall and drop to 1-3 on the season after a 111-108 loss to the Chicago Bulls, who improved to 4-0 on the season. Huge thanks to everybody who's tuned into this podcast. Really appreciate y'all wherever you're seeing this podcast. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, or you can follow me on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. If you're watching this right now on the YouTube page, you know, you come back around and you end up watching this, not live, but, you know, you click on after. Bless us with a like. That's how you support the podcast, and we really appreciate that. We really do. But, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, not live, just know you can get us wherever you get your podcasts. That is Apple. That is Spotify. That is Google Podcasts. We're all over the place. We're all over the place. Really appreciate y'all for tuning in. Raptors fall 111 to 108, but a busy week for the Raps. More games on the way. Hopefully they can get one of these home games. And we'll be right here to go over it yet again because this is the Wrap It Up podcast. We do this live after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Thank y'all for tuning in because I really used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Boom, blast.